hey guys, we are really here. <laughs> we thought this court wasn't happening and now it is. So just for scheduling. And if we still need to have our hearings on our motions to continue, that's fine. Uh, but we did have some concerns and I'll let uh, Ms. Smith address our concerns for the hearing tomorrow on the state's motion to reconsider uh, uh, in terms of new evidence uh, or possible new evidence. Uh, we want to make sure we're giving the court accurate information and Mr. Pryor accurate information. And then we also had, uh, we filed a motion to continue on Mr. Pryor's um, that motion to dismiss. I would note we were we were initially informed that all five of Mr. Pryor's motions would be, were set for next week. But I, I believe, and again, if I'm wrong, someone feel free to correct me, that it's simply, it is only the motion to dismiss. Um, however, two of his other motions also include a request for dismissal. So we need one clarification and we would still be um, wanting to have a motion to, to continue that uh, for the state to have adequate time to prepare. Okay, so to clarify what's currently on the calendar, tomorrow morning scheduled is the defendant's motion to sever and the state's motion for reconsideration. Next week on the 23rd is uh, the hearing on the motion to dismiss filed by the defendant. But I understood with the other motions Mr. Pryor filed, and those were filed under seal, that those were not yet scheduled for hearing. So in the court's mind, we've got the three pending hearings, two for tomorrow and the hearing next week on the defense motion to dismiss. Um, in terms of this morning, then, uh, we did indicate this was a status conference. Um, it, is it then the state's intention? You want to argue the merits of the motion to continue your motion to reconsider? And I'll note the court already issued an order on the motion to sever uh, denying the motion to continue that. So we will go forward on the motion to sever, but uh, on the state's own motion to reconsider tomorrow, uh, that has not yet been determined. And on the short time frame here, uh, I, I'm just curious as to whether you are indicating you want to hear the motion to continue at this time. And if so, I'll need to inquire as to Mr. Pryor as to whether he's prepared to do that. So, uh, Mr. Wood or Ms. Smith, do you want to clarify that issue? Yes, Judge. I, I think it would be the state's request that we be allowed to um, argue that this morning or at least provide the rationale to both Mr. Pryor and the court. We filed that motion, I believe, late last Friday. Um, I'm not sure where it sort of went through in technology, but um, so yes, it, that would be our request this morning. All right, Mr. Pryor, so on that limited issue of whether or not we should continue the state's motion to reconsider, do you want to, uh, and are you prepared to hear argument on that this morning and respond to that, or would you request that we take that up at a later time, uh, knowing that we don't have much time between now and when that's set? Judge, uh, I did receive the notification. It was close to five o'clock on Friday. However, I think I'm prepared to uh, um, argue the, uh, the motion to continue the motion to reconsider. I think that's appropriate to argue that today. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm fine with that, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. Ms. Smith, then, if you'd like to uh, make argument as it relates to the state's motion to continue your motion to reconsider, you can do so at this time. 
Wonderful. Thank you, Judge. Um, the state is requesting that there be a short po postponement of the hearing on our motion to reconsider, essentially for two reasons. One, the state wants to supply the court the most accurate information it can. Um, and two, we want to be able to get the information to Mr. Pryor in time for him to evaluate and um, address it as part of sort of our due diligence in um, sort of a discovery process. Last week, in anticipation of our hearing, we sat down to meet with our witnesses and doing our due diligence, double checking things. We learned that um, a couple of the people we had anticipated calling um, or relying on their testimony had had a meeting um, with personnel on March 1st with the court and that some of their information um, up, upon that meeting um, in Ada County on March 1st, it was different than the state had been led, uh, had been originally given. It's a situation that evolves. Um, dealing with budget projections is, is sometimes reading like a crystal ball. Um, and so that staff had originally given information to the, our witnesses and they relied on it and that resulted in our exhibits. Um, and so in talking to those people and getting our witnesses ready, we learned that some of the information that we had originally relied on may now be different post the March 1st meeting. We asked the representatives to get us updated information or to talk to us about it. And they indicated that they were reluctant to do that without um, permission from the trial court administrator um, for your honor. And so we called her and she indicated that she was reluctant to give us the additional information without permission from you. Um, I recognize, we all recognize that everyone is working really hard to do things by the book and to do things very fairly. Um, and so the state is in a position where the information may that we provided Mr. Pryor in anticipation of this hearing may be different. Maybe to the benefit of Fremont County, maybe not, we don't know, but the people we were relying on are reluctant to give us some of that information without permission from the court. Um, and so we would be in this position if they, if they change their mind or they give us updated information this afternoon, um, then we're turning things over late to Mr. Pryor, which is not fair. And we know that, which is why we filed for the continuance. We are simply working with our witnesses to get you as accurate an estimate as we can. Um, we recognize the um, court and the trial administrator were doing their own due diligence in evaluating the situation. It's just our witnesses were unaware of that meeting and they were unaware of how things had changed. Um, I, and so we're in a, a difficult spot. I don't want our witnesses to get up there and say something that's inaccurate to the court, um, but we do not have the ability to get them accurate information because people feel they can't speak without permission from um, the trial court administrator who indicated Mr. Mr. Wood that she wants permission from you to talk to us. All right, uh, Mr. Pryor, what's your response to the state's request to continue their hearing on their motion to reconsider set for tomorrow? Judge, and I don't want to belabor, belabor the point, uh, we had a motion to change venue and that was back last year in the late fall of last year. Prior to that hearing, uh, the state intended to argue and wanted to argue that uh, they wanted to provide additional evidence and sought permission of the court to, to provide that additional evidence. 
I filed a motion to uh, continue that because I did not want to get uh, information dropped upon me at the last minute. However, the court, in its discretion, denied my motion to continue and said, listen, the two of those hearings are uh, linked together uh, so so extrinsically that we need to address this all at one time. Subsequent to that, the court issued an order, changed the venue to Ada County, and denied the state's motion to allow the jury to be brought to, to Fremont County. The state then filed a motion to reconsider. But before the state filed the motion to reconsider, at that venue hearing, the status before the ju- judge, you specifically said, Mr. Pryor, I'm not going to allow them to just dump information on you and not provide you an opportunity to respond. And I appreciated the court doing that. But what the court did not do is give Ms. Smith and Ms. Wood and Ms. Blake an opportunity to take a second crack at the apple. And now what we're dealing with is this judge, three or four, four months later, in excess of four months, we are now dealing with an opportunity where now they're calling more witnesses. But they had their opportunity to present the evidence and they insisted on going forward on the day of the venue. They insisted, even though I said, I don't want to go forward. They insisted on going forward. And now what they do is they drop this information on me saying, here's our additional evidence. And they provided facts, they provided costs, they provided details, they provided information that that they think supports their uh, uh, position for the court to reconsider its prior ruling. And the words reconsider, Judge, are very important because we've been down this road before when Mr. Means was on the case with Ms. Vallow. Mr. Means filed a motion to reconsider and this court ruled that there is no legal authority for the court to entertain a motion to reconsider. And if that was the court's position then, I would like it to be the court's position now and be consistent that they don't get to go forward on a motion to reconsider. Not only well, that- Mr. Mr. Pryor, I'll say there's a little difference here because in my ruling, I certainly left the door open. Uh, part of the ruling was we were so far before trial because trial was scheduled so far out that even some of the information would maybe not be relevant or would be stale by the time we were actually getting to trial. And so uh, unlike in that prior situation that you've mentioned with uh, the other case, uh, I think I did leave the door open here for the state to take a second opportunity for me to consider that. So I'd, I'd like to make that distinguishment. Okay. But judge that that additional opportunity, and, and I would ask the court to go back and review your what you said. My impression, and I may be wrong, is that the court said, you know, I'll allow Mr. Pryor for you to provide information, allow the state to provide some additional information. But what this is what is happening is the state has now disclosed four or five additional witnesses. They provided additional information. And if we rely on what Ms. Smith says, it's saying, Judge, you know, when we first provided you the information several months ago, um, I don't know where the source of that came from, but they're now saying, Judge, you know, we gave you some inaccurate information. And when we were providing our response and and, and, or providing our authority to supplement the record from the previous hearing, we're now saying our information is not accurate and it's not correct. So, Judge, you know, uh, after Mr. Pryor has filed his response and addressed all of their concerns and addressed why I think it should stay in Ada County, the prosecutor is saying now, after I have filed a response, Judge, a week later, well, maybe our information isn't quite as accurate because uh, now that we look at this thing, we're getting some different information. Well, you know, Judge, please forgive me if, if I'm a little skeptical about 
what this new information is going to be. And frankly, Judge, when they provide that new information, then what's going to happen is I'm going to look at it and change my tact potentially. And I'm going to need to get an expert witness. And I'm going to need to subpoena people. And this motion to decide what we do in terms of venue, where the jury is going to be sequestered, is going to drag on. Because if they provide me that additional information and it changes dramatically their numbers and to their benefit, they're going to cause me to have to do a full-blown analysis of what they're suggesting. Because I didn't trust their information the first time, and I surely don't trust their information the second time. And I think this is just another mechanism for these folks to try to continue this matter so that it puts a very difficult place for us to have a trial in January. And Judge, I would ask the court to, to deny their motion. And I would ask the court to not even allow them to present evidence because I view this as a motion to reconsider. And whether the court opened the door or not, I don't think they should get a second crack at the apple. May I be heard, Judge? Go ahead. Um, briefly in response, we are not saying that the original information we gave was inaccurate. We are saying that given the way um, budgeting evolves, given now that the parties know it's going to be an Ada County for jury selection at least, um, and potentially for the whole trial, um, that the information our witnesses relied on may have changed. Um, in an abundance of caution, we are attempting to make sure that the information that um, we present at a hearing is given to Mr. Pryor ahead of time so he has a chance to look at it. We cannot do that because the witnesses feel they cannot discuss the changes or discuss the situation without permission from the court. Nobody's at fault. Everybody's just working really hard to follow the rules. Um, and so we need permission from the court to let these people talk to us to see if the original estimates remain accurate or if things have changed, potentially to the benefit of Fremont County. Um, and that is part of our due diligence in providing as close to an accurate estimate of academic impact as we can to the court. The second piece, and just so the, the state's position is clear, the court, and I've reviewed the entire YouTube proceeding on the change of venue, the court um, repeatedly actually granted Mr. Um, Pryor's motion to continue matters. There's multiple sections where that's brought up. And the court, um, when um, respecting his need for notice, when the state asked a question that could verge on opening that door, the court limited those questions, but did tell the state that they would give us an opportunity to present academic in, uh, evidence in the future, should we feel the need to do so. So I just wanted to make sure the state's position is clear that the court was correct. And I agree with you, Judge, that you did not um, preclude us from bringing it up in the future. All right. Well, this is a motion to continue. And I've considered the arguments and concerns raised by both the state and Mr. Pryor. I'll note the court has broad discretion in granting a motion to continue. I have to look at the overall administration of this case. Uh, as everyone knows, we're set for trial in January. Things are going to march along quickly between now and then. This is an important issue for the court to consider. As I have learned, it's going to take a lot of planning and effort and coordination amongst the counties in order to conduct the trial where it's currently scheduled to take place in Ada County, which is 
what's been ordered at this point and has been approved by the Idaho Supreme Court. In terms of this motion, I'll note, first of all, this is the state's motion and the state is now requesting the uh, continuance and has raised a valid and legitimate reason in that they indicate that information that has been submitted in support of the motion may need to be corrected or updated. And so I do find there's a rational basis for bringing the motion that's not done simply for an unnecessary reason to delay. I understand the concerns raised by Mr. Pryor in terms of how that may require him to make additional preparation. Um, and then in a moment, I'll get to the point of this uh, argument that some permission from the court is needed in support of this motion. So uh, given that the state raised this issue prior to the hearing and in the interest of having true and accurate and correct information for me to make a determination, I am gonna grant the state's motion to continue their motion to reconsider. However, I want this continuance to be brief because uh, I don't want this to impact any other aspect of the case in terms of it moving forward towards our trial date. So. I'm gonna have a few questions then for the state in terms of when you are gonna have your additional information, when you can get that to Mr. Pryor, and then I, I don't want this to go out more than uh, another 30 days, quite frankly, because the motion's been pending for a long time. Uh, we need to keep it on track. And then in terms of this permission from the court, I'll get back to that in a moment, but uh, either Ms. Smith or Mr. Wood, what are your thoughts on when you will have your information so that it can be supplied in a timely manner to Mr. Pryor. Um, your Honor, um, it's sort of intertwined with my next question because I, I agree with you. I'm not sure that the I'm not sure that the court has to grant people permission to speak to us, but I recognize what they're saying. So if people will speak to us, we don't need more than 30 days. In okay, fact, I suspect me, we need let less. Just, let me approach that point because I don't. Yeah. I don't go around and just give people permission to do something or not. In the case, uh, I either order something or I don't. And right. so if you think somebody needs to be ordered, you need to submit a request for an order and then an order would be issued if I find it appropriate. If not, uh, permission is not something I grant or deny for people to speak about the case that's governed by the rules. And right. uh, I have not had any request or uh no one's asked me to order anyone to talk about uh, this issue. So uh, I just want to be clear on that. Are you saying you're going to seek an order from me to compel someone to speak? I, I, if, if their position remains that way, yes. Um, and that's, I, I will be candid. I was surprised by that as well, Your Honor. So I, forgive me, we're a little. Um, and so we will clarify with the, the individual. And it's, it's the trial court administrator for, who works for um, your circuit. Um, she, I think she wanted to make sure that she wasn't violating any rules. She's had a few days to think about it. So we will circle back with her to see if her position has changed. And if she feels that a court order is necessary, we will file that. We can know that certainly by Monday morning. Um, I, I want to respect people's efforts to do everything by the book. I want to give them the opportunity to proceed. And if we need a court order, we'll do it by Monday. All right, so when uh, will you have your updated information available to provide to Mr. Pryor, if that's your thought on when you'll get that? I, I certainly think we could provide it within the next two weeks. And I think I'm overstating that amount of time, but I, I don't want to get into a position where it's it's taking a while. 
Okay. Well, and then that would give an additional two weeks. The issues out there, Mr. Pryor, uh, the, number, the numbers are numbers. If you need uh, to further review those, I think two weeks would be adequate time knowing that the issue has been pending for a long time. So mm -hmm. I'd like to look at setting uh, a hearing then about 30 days out on the state's motion to reconsider. We'll vacate the hearing that's scheduled tomorrow morning and let me look at my calendar for a moment. Judge, before we do that, could I, I make a, a comment? Go ahead, Mr. Pryor. Um, if they're intending to seek information and allow the trial court administrator to speak, I would like that order to include my ability to discuss it with the trial court administrator and have the opportunity. It seems that having it one-sided would be a, you know, um, of a concern to me. So if they're going to ask this trial court administrator and submit an order, I'd like that order to include that I am permitted to contact the trial court administrator and discuss the same issues with her. Uh, because it quite, quite frankly, Judge, uh, if they give me information exactly two weeks from today, that gives me two weeks to find an expert, to find another trial court administrator or another person who can address those things. And then I'm in a position where I have to find an expert. I have to discuss it with an expert. And, and my whole concern about this thing goes back to this judge is if the information has changed or hasn't changed, if nobody's talking, how do they know that? And, and, and this just seems like a delay to me, but I will obviously do what the court directs, but with the understanding that if you give me two weeks and I get the information in two weeks, judge, I'm gonna be in a very difficult position to uh, provide a, 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 a response and I've already provided a lengthy response and I'm going to have to go over it and do it again and that seems to prejudice me a little bit at least from my perspective your honor but I don't want to delay this either judge I I'd like them to have it to me within a week and I don't see that there's any difficulty that they could not get this information to me within seven days it, it can't be that complicated all right I'm uh Considering that, Mr. Pryor, but I'm not giving any advisory opinion on any order that I haven't issued yet. So uh, if an order is proposed, I'll consider that to see if it's an appropriate order, given the circumstances. Um, Your Honor, just, just so the court's clear, the state wouldn't object to Mr. Pryor having access to that, that to anyone we would talk to. Very I mean, well. they're public officials. Okay, I'm looking over uh, my calendar, which is not got a whole lot of availability because trials have started again. Um, I Let me confirm this. I think I've got Wednesday, April 20th. That works for me, Judge. Thank you. Um, it, the state, I can make that work, Your Honor. Let me check. I, I believe my colleagues can. Yes, that works for the state, Your Honor. Okay, let's schedule that for 9.30 a.m. on Wednesday, April 20th. All right, that concludes then on the state's motion to continue their motion to reconsider. Is there anything else we need to bring up this morning at this hearing? Judge, in regards to their motion to continue the motion to dismiss, uh, I would like to clarify that it is one motion. Now, attached to part of that were two other motions that 
address some other issues as they relate to Ms. Smith and Mr. Wood. I don't, I'm not anticipating uh, arguing those. I'm gonna argue the motion to dismiss that was uh, addressed in my brief and partially addressed in the other two briefs. And that's all, all I'm intending to discuss. Now, if the state needs more time on the 23rd judge, I will stipulate to giving them additional time. I did provide them uh, three lengthy briefs and, and if they need some additional time, I'm not opposed to them having that additional time. And we could vacate the 23rd if, if, if they would like a, uh, a brief uh, delay in, in hearing that one. Your Honor, they, uh, if I can, uh, we appreciate that. We, uh, the motion to dismiss the primary motion, um, it, it, it is a lengthy motion. And we would appreciate more time to, uh, to, uh, to respond to it. I note that in the, uh, on the, when we had the scheduling conference on that, uh, there was no time frame, uh, time limit given on the state to respond, but we would like to provide that to Mr. Pryor in an adequate time as well. So we would, we would like to continue that, uh, we would like to get some type of scheduling in place for the other motions as well, Your Honor. Um, I, we, as Mr. Pryor just said, they are interrelated um, or that he would be arguing portions of them. And so we would like to get those on the calendar as well so we can respond and, and get those uh, taken care of. Judge, the- uh, Hold on, Mr. Pryor. I'd like an opportunity to respond. In this case, then we do have set a motion to dismiss on March 23rd at 9.30, the state's requested a continuance of that. And are you indicating, Mr. Pryor, that you don't object to continuing your motion to dismiss? I don't object, Judge. I understand that uh, the primary motion to dismiss was, I, I, my recollection was in excess of 50 pages long and the two accompanying, although I'm not gonna be arguing the, the accompanying uh, motions that are different, two of the other briefs included facts that addressed the motion to dismiss as well. So given that, there's basically three briefs that address the motion to dismiss, and I did it in that way so that there was no confusion. As far as the other motions, the three other motions that I see, uh, I would prefer that we uh, allow the court to address the motion to dismiss. And at that point, once the court addresses that, if the court grants the motion, the other motions become moot. If the court denies the motion, then I can set a time to notice the other ones up. That would be my preference, Your Honor. Well, I'll, you know, with these lengthy motions, and again, going through my calendar, I do have that April 20th date open and could use that time. I do have this concern, though, that if there's a ruling or I need to take a matter under advisement on the motion to dismiss, I would prefer to have that argued and heard on the 23rd so that then there's time for the court to get a decision and possibly not have to go forward on the other pending motions. Um, I guess I'd like to know why, uh, again, on this motion to dismiss, that that was actually, the motion was filed back in June of 2021. I mean, it was filed forever ago. And I understand that it took quite a time and an effort to compile all of the record that is necessary for review, the grand jury uh, transcripts. And so I, I don't blame necessarily that delay on getting the hearing set, but now again, continuing that out uh, where I don't really see 
time in my calendar. I, I could probably get something before the 20th if I looked, but um, we're either setting everything together on the 20th or else uh, we could still go forward on the motion to dismiss as scheduled on the 23rd. And I'd just like to know why parties couldn't be prepared to hear just the motion to dismiss on the 23rd, even if I were to allow for uh, any additional follow-up briefing if required on the 23rd. Gotcha. Uh, oh, go ahead, Mr. Pryor. Why, why can't we do this on the 23rd? Judge, and I will let Mr. Wood know and Ms. Smith and Ms. Blake. Um, I hope I'm not missing anybody. Uh, I don't intend lengthy argument on the 23rd. My concern is that some of the facts that I uh, addressed in my memorandum are things that I'm not going to state in public. Uh, I'm going to probably submit on my brief and with very little argument because I'm concerned about the privacy concerns of some of the citizens and some of the other issues. So at this point, I'm probably going to just submit on it or offer a very brief argument. Uh, and I would be um, receptive to the state arguing and then supplementing their my brief with a response within a period of time and allowing me a supplemental response and, and then allow the court to make its ruling. If that's the way the court wants to go, I don't think that would prejudice the state. Uh, they would still have the opportunity to submit a brief and get that to me within a time after the hearing on the 23rd. And I would be okay with that judge. And that way we keep this thing on track. If that's where the court uh, envisions going, I'm, I'm, I fully accept that uh, that opportunity, Judge. All right, Mr. Wood or Ms. Smith, I'd like a response to that in terms of holding the hearing on the 23rd, uh, knowing that really on a motion like that, it's likely that it will require further review and it's not a motion that the court is likely to make a ruling on from the bench. Is there a reason why the state is not gonna be or couldn't be prepared for argument on the 23rd with an opportunity to submit uh, potentially a written responsive brief after argument. Your Honor, if that's the, the, the method the court chooses, we'll certainly abide by that. We would we would like a little more time to adequately respond to the brief. Um, I, it, I believe it's 55 pages long. There's a lot of points raised. Uh, there's a lot of case law to, to go through with it. And we obviously have already started on that, but we we think the most effective math method would be to have a little more time to, to prepare that brief. If the court does decide it wants to hear it on the 23rd, we will, we will argue, but we would certainly want additional time to brief it after. Okay, fair enough. Uh, given the constraints we have at this point, I'm going to deny the motion to continue the uh, hearing that was scheduled by the defense on their motion to dismiss for the 23rd keeping in mind that there's likely to be a request for uh, the parties to submit additional written argument or briefing post argument at the hearing. But so we'll keep that on the court's calendar and that's scheduled uh, for 9.30 a.m. on the 23rd and we'll hear argument at that time then. Um, all right, Mr. Wood, is there anything else then on the case we need to bring up this morning? Not from the state, Your Honor. All right, thank you, Mr. Wood. Mr. Pryor, anything further for the defense? Your Honor, I would just like the day as to when the states to provide me the additional information. If I could have a specific day, I would appreciate it. All right, I appreciate that. I neglected to mention that. So with the hearing we scheduled on the 20th uh, for the state's motion to reconsider, 
let's schedule a time for disclosure of any additional information in support of that motion. Um, we've got four and a half weeks until that hearing. So would the state be able to have that to Mr. Pryor by the 1st, April 1st? Yes, Senator. All right, that'll give you about 19 days then, Mr. Pryor, to uh, review that information for that motion. So the state will be required to file any supplemental information and provide any further information in support of their motion no later than 5 o'clock p.m. on Friday, April 1st. All right, Council, thanks for your appearances this morning. Then that will conclude the hearing, and we will see you back on the record tomorrow morning. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Judge. Thank you. Well, okay, then. <laughs> All right. I've never had a first or second crack at an apple. <laughs> I do not know what the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> was that just weird or was <laughs> he's just got to be so dramatic all the time I just don't know judge I don't know why they would get a second crack at the apple well and the judge during that hearing had said repeatedly I'm gonna need the financials I'm gonna need information before yeah. we consider that you know sequestering the jury from Ada County bring him here we would have to have all that information he said mm -hmm. that repeatedly in the hearing and right. then Pryor's like they shouldn't get a second chance the judge friggin told them yeah why yeah 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 well, so they want to meet back on April Fool's Day well oh, seems fitting <laughs> yeah well and and they have all of the budget and financial information it's been published in the news it's everywhere right but now Basically, they're saying they think some of it might not be right and they need to clarify some things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they are obviously at the uh, mercy of whoever is giving them that information. And clearly someone who really and doesn't want to give them that information. Refusing to give them that information. <laughs> so now they are going to have to file something with the court to compel that person to uh, speak with them. I think the judge was completely puzzled about that. He was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so it sounds like the court wouldn't talk to them because they may be called as a witness to testify on these numbers. Uh, and yeah. so they want to make sure that speaking to them now isn't the wrong, isn't inappropriate. That's yeah. all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they're, they're needing some pretty basic information. They just want to check their numbers and make sure that everything is correct. But the way, this is what kills me with prior. Well, if they do that, I'm going to have to do more work. And I'll have to hire an expert. Well, why didn't you already hire an expert? Right? They're just double checking their numbers. There's nothing new here. He's had I, the information for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't really understand what that means as far as uh, double checking the numbers. Or or uh, uh, now if you change these things, I'll have to run out and hire a, a specialist or an expert. Why haven't you already done that if that's right. what you needed to do? Well, and the implication that they're lying about the numbers. Yeah. I don't I'll trust this person too. Come on. Yeah. He's just mad because he's going to have to drive from Meridian. <laughs> he's going to have to stay in a hotel here for a while. Uh -huh. and he doesn't want to have to do that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. 
interesting how it's okay for, uh, you know, hundreds of people, maybe, well, maybe not hundreds, but, you know, a lot of people to have to travel to his side of the state. That right. was cool. But if he's going to have to come here, he's going to fight tooth and nail. Yeah, exactly. Why did you take this case, John? Why? Yeah, I'm Why? sure. He probably asks himself that every day. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine he does. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the trial's already been moved to Boise. The trial was moved to Boise last fall. Yeah. But the, the prosecutor's office is arguing, uh, they're asking for a reconsideration on that. Uh, even though once upon a time, Mr. Means did not get a reconsideration, the judge is going to, uh, you know, potentially give them I, that. I think it's an epic mistake to bring up Means on the part of the <laughs> Like, dude, do you really want to be associated with that fool that got kicked <laughs> off this case? Come on. You already fell for his hype a few times and screwed yourself. You're really going to do that some more? Yeah, that is a name that should never be spoken again in this trial if you know what's good for you. Yeah, totally. At any rate, uh, yeah. So what basically what's happened is that the prosecution is saying the financial impact of moving the trial to Fremont would be this. And the financial impact of leaving it in Fremont, choosing a jury in Ada in Boise and sequestering them here in Fremont would be this. And it's hundreds of thousands of dollars difference. It's huge. What's been published mm -hmm. in the news, it's astronomical. Mm -hmm. Well, and the judge said something like, because I'm learning about all the logistics of moving this trial in all of the counties and everything that would have to be involved. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, buddy, you, you're recognizing that you've shot yourself in the foot by mm -hmm. allowing that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it is what's going to happen. I still think he's going to allow it, that we're going to move back to Fremont and we're going to sequester a jury. I think the so jury's going to have to be sequestered either way. Right. Either Whether way, they will Ada have County to sequester. Right. So what in the world is the point of moving all of this, creating such a huge financial hardship, an economic, uh, or sorry, an employment hardship on these counties? Like, it makes no sense to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Means was Pryor's puppet. I agree with that, Sarah, that Means was Pryor's puppet to do the stupid shit so Pryor wouldn't have to. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. But now, well, I was glad we got to hear from Prosecutor Smith, mm -hmm. uh, the the special um, consulting mm -hmm. prosecutor. But well, that, I thought that was good to get to hear from her. Yes. Well, I thought it was great that they had her because, um, you know, Pryor has also filed to have her removed again. Yes. Well, he's filed to have all of the prosecutors removed. All of the prosecutors That's removed. That's part of the problem here. He didn't just file to dismiss. He has mm -hmm. filed... Like six different things mm -hmm. relating to dismissal, including mm -hmm. removing each individual prosecutor, mm -hmm. which, dude, you know, there's always another one, right? Like, you don't just remove the prosecutors and then there's no case. Right. Right. You know, it kills me when he's bitching about malingering because he has been the chief malingerer. Oh, yeah. Yes. This crap he's just filed. Come on. It is a huge waste of the court's time, and we mm -hmm. all know it. And none of it is going to get approved, but we've got to address it all mm -hmm. with these huge 50-page briefs. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Totally. So I was hoping that we would hear a little bit more about Lori's competency today or, you know, what uh, the projection is there, but nothing. 
No, but tomorrow we may. Yeah. Because yeah. tomorrow is severance. Yes. Which is going to be super interesting, you guys. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. well, they're going to try real hard not to give anything away. They've said repeatedly that they've written their briefs. They're not going to talk publicly about what the briefs say. So they're just going to refer back to, you know, I said in my brief, you know what I said. Wink, wink, wink. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But they can't just not... um talk about it at all right and there are questions about yeah what is the projection for Lori is there Mm -hmm. a projection for Lori for sure so just to refresh here's all of the things that Pryor filed for on the 8th he filed to dismiss the indictment due to failure to seat an impartial grand jury he filed to disqualify special prosecutor set aside the indictment and strike the death penalty He filed to disqualify the prosecuting attorney. He filed to disqualify the out-of-state prosecuting attorney, set aside the indictment, and strike death penalty. And he filed for disclosure of homicide and death penalty cases. Rachel Smith has served as counsel or worked on pro-hack vice or consulting capacity. Vice. Pro-hack vice. Yeah. So he's trying to go after, yeah, literally everything. But then, right after that, all of the briefs that he filed were sealed. And even these records that I'm just reading to you right now were removed from the repository. Yeah. We just had a screenshot of them. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. So, yeah. Failure to seat an impartial grand jury. How does he know? How does he know? And the argument against that is really um well it'd be interesting to see the argument but that's entirely up to the county to seat their grand jury like you can't argue about how the grand jury was seated Mm -mm. you don't even get to be involved in those proceedings so i am amazed that he's doing that yeah good luck to him on that so what you think that uh seating a grand jury in fremont county couldn't be impartial well that I don't know that that matters. I don't think it actually does. But anyway, obviously this, this is more It's not a, prior... a trial. It's different. You know, it's yeah. not a trial. I think this is just more prior not having much of a case. And so grasping at every straw to mm-hmm. try to unravel something that he can. Yep. It's all about trying to come up with procedural problems. Which is exactly what Mark Means tried to do and was like 100% unsuccessful. Yeah. Being seated is like being appointed. Yeah. Yeah. And is malinger a word? Yes. It Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. So there is another hearing tomorrow. No, it's not a status conference. We're going to hear argument about severing the trials tomorrow. Yeah. Now, is is that going to be at 930 or 11? Well, I think 930. Okay. But they've been a bit confusing with all of this. It has. And in the meantime, Idaho has made some changes to their repository that make it a lot harder to look this stuff up. Yeah. So uh, thanks for that, Idaho. (laughs) But at any rate, that's where things are at. Yep. Yeah. Always interesting. Pryor is always going to take the I've been picked on, even at the... Mm -hmm. 
when the judge asked him if he'd had enough time to review what they were talking about today, he said, well, I received it on Friday at nearly five o'clock. But yes, Your Honor. <laughs> it's just like any little dig, you know, anything. <laughs> Do your job for hell's sake. It, yeah. I don't know if he recognizes, and, and maybe it's not to the judge, but to me, every time he opens his mouth and starts that shit, it just sounds like he doesn't want to work. Mm-hmm. Well, if they do that, I'll have to do this. Yeah. If they file things, I'll have to read them. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much that's how it job, works. Dude. Yeah. 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 Jessica, I like how he said, if this one doesn't work, then I will argue the other dismissals. Right. See, he's mm-hmm. filed all of these. Yeah. He's it's, thrown all of these noodles at the wall to see what's going to stick. Yeah, yeah, which none of it will. He no. doesn't he doesn't have anything. They don't have anything. No. But yeah, if 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 they deny one, then he's going to argue all. Of, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is he wasting time? Because he doesn't have a. There's no defense. They don't have a defense. So mm-hmm. he's trying to find a way to get it thrown out on a procedural issue you know trying to gain sympathy with the court that he's that his they're being picked on that kind of thing because what's their defense to dead children buried in chad's backyard yeah there's no freaking defense (laughs) it's almost like a death penalty murder case is a big deal or something (laughs) right amy Amy? yeah who knew almost almost yeah so it's that's... almost like maybe he is uh, outgunned here. <laughs> yeah. Well, he knows that he's complained about it a lot of times. And so he it means that, uh, you know, the state has all of this money and they have all of the staff and they have all of these ways to hire experts. And your honor, what do I have? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's trying to expert. earn his half of the house. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right, Jessica. He wants his half of that house in Fremont County. That's a real, Mm -hmm. who wants, yeah, nobody's going to want it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. I really wish we could have seen that brief. I'm so disappointed that we couldn't. Very frustrating. And again, more of sealing things that, uh, you know, potentially shouldn't have been sealed. There's been a real issue with this case with uh, maybe violating the public's rights, but. Then again, we don't want this case to be thrown out on stupid stuff. So, you know, it's hard to say. Right. Right. He wants half of his murder house. Mm -hmm. I guess if someone moves in from out of state, they'll have to buy it because nobody here is going to want it. (laughs) Nobody here is wanting it. That's for sure. Right. It would definitely be an out of stater that would buy that house because, oh, God. Yeah. I wonder how much the house is worth. This is something I was actually mulling over yesterday, Moonbeam. So the uh, the house, the last time we looked at the title or, or the, uh, the deed, it was deeded to Tammy and to John Pryor, mm-hmm. which was uh, odd considering that Tammy is dead, but that's how they had it set up. And, you know, Scott Rice had said he was blown away that he's never heard of an attorney put a client's house in their own name. And they, uh, but, you know, I, I think knowing that at some point, if they decided to charge Chad, that with Tammy's death, that the insurance companies are going to want their money back, you know? So here's right. what we don't know. We don't know if he used part of his uh, life support or life, life support, life insurance to pay off that house 
Because my other question is, how would a lender allow the house to be titled or deeded in someone who is not on the loan and someone who's dead? Yeah. Unless, I, it makes uh, me think that too, the that house the house is paid, is paid for. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my thought as well. Right. That the house is actually paid for. Uh, we were going to try and do a little more digging and see what we could find, but anyway, and that's real funny estate here Scott has and I were just talking about this yesterday. So that house right. in the last two years has gained some significant value because all yeah. of our houses have. Oh, my house has tripled in value, so yeah. I can and only that house probably has too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's the murder house, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely we'd rather have them sealed than be a mistrial. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For yeah. sure. 55 yeah. pages, triple spaced. <laughs> right, great, probably. probably. <laughs> well, and, and knowing prior, just restating the same stuff over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe Tammy is in a state. Maybe so. Maybe so, Jessica. We wondered about that as well. It is an interesting and unique situation. I thought I might have a... Uh, did he have a mortgage life insurance on the house? Well, that's what we're, oh, well, that's a good point, Scott. He brought that up to me yesterday too, when we were discussing this, you know, sometimes you can get life insurance on a house, mortgage life insurance that pays off right. the house if you die. Right. And did they possibly have something like that, that paid that house off when Tammy died? But if he's convicted, all that, the insurance companies are going to come right back on, on him for all that fraud. Mm-hmm. Crack at the apple bingo card. Right. How many times is Pryor going to use that now? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know GB what means, had but... said he had no leg to stand on and he's not going to get a third crack at the apple. <laughs> <laughs> right. GB said she thinks the estate's in Tammy's name. That would make sense. That's a mm -hmm. good point. It would. Yeah. But it is definitely a, a kind of a sticky and weird situation. I had actually... Anyway, I thought yesterday maybe I'd have a real estate friend look it up as well and just try to help me understand, like, what yeah, what this does all this means. Mean and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No kidding. Well, we probably better run, huh? Yeah. So we're going to be back tonight at 7 p.m. for the Psychic Hour. And mm -hmm. then we'll be back at 9.30 in the morning, uh, Mountain Time, for the next leg of court. So we'll Finally have another crack of the, the apple in the morning. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to get old. <laughs> no, that's never going to get old. That's my new, that's my new favorite term. I might have to put a stick and an apple here on my desk just to be yeah. ready. <laughs> Cracking at the apple. Good idea. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Brian. That'd be funny. <laughs> he just, he just can't be cringy or can't not be cringy. I know. You can't. It's too much. Alrighty, you guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us. There you have it. Now you know. That's what's up. And we'll be back later. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, everybody.